Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Tyler Morgan Show on Relentless Daring Media Network. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Tyler Morgan Show. Um, unfortunately, uh, this week due to scheduling issues, this is not live on twitch.tv slash Tyler Morgan Show. However, there also won't be any video for YouTube or Rumble this week as well. For that, I apologize. However, be sure to subscribe at youtube.com slash at the Tyler Morgan Show, or go to Rumble and search for The Tyler Morgan Show, and you will find me, and you can subscribe there. Before I get into this week's episode, let me tell you about what I use to keep my face scruff all nice and well-conditioned. So that way it's not all itchy and scratchy, and that is Beard Oil from BlueCollarBeardsman.com. They have a great selection of of beard oils that are handcrafted to provide a beard oil that's not all slimy and greasy. Uh, it has great scents that last for the entire day. That way, not only is your beard well-conditioned, it smells good too. Check out their line of everyday beard oils that are available or even join their uh, subscription plan. Their subscription plans like 20 bucks a month and every month you get a new special scent. I always want to say flavor. It's weird. You get a new special scent every month and it's just, like I said, it's high quality. Dalton has spent a very long time. It took like two years to get the formula down to the way to where he wanted it to be. So check it out. Bluecollarbeardsman.com. All right. So this week... I'm doing a movie review, and that movie is Sound of Freedom. If you have not seen this movie yet, oh my gosh. I thought I loved Nefarious when it came out, but really, it does not hold a candle to Sound of Freedom. Now, for those of you who are not aware, Sound of Freedom is based on the life of of Tim Ballard and how he went from being a a DHS uh, special agent who really worked and specialized in uh, child sex crime, especially, you know, prosecuting child porn and all of that. And then he got more involved in the, uh, the actual hands-on, dirty work of rescuing kids. And I say dirty work and the work itself is not dirty because it's a great thing that he does. 
but actually going out into the field, setting up stings and capturing the bad guys and saving kids. So the movie starts off with uh, an operation going on, trying to catch a guy uploading video and pictures online for other predators to enjoy. And Tim uses his uh, role. He's going, you know, I want to be a little bit more hands-on. I want to see if I can catch more than just this guy. Because, you know, he he has a relatively new agent working with him. He says, I, I can't do this. I go home at night and I see these pictures in my mind from collecting evidence. You see Tim at the computer, you know, literally having to watch some of these videos and write down a synopsis of what is happening. And you see a tear roll down his face. I mean, it it's heartbreaking. It really is. This is not a feel-good movie at all. But so he decides that while he's got this guy in custody, he's going to um, try to work him, get some more, uh, you know, kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm here, I'm prosecuting you for this stuff, but you know what? I'm one of you. And kind of helps bring him and uses him to set up the, uh, um, a visit with a child. And then, you know, once that has gone through, you know, he's obviously rearrested. And then, you know, when the uh, trafficker is bringing this little boy across the border, you know, they save the little boy, arrest the trafficker, you know, all is well and good. And then you find out that, um, the little boy has a sister who was also taken. And suddenly that's where, you know, Tim decides that, you know, I want to go out on a limb and I, yeah, I rescued a kid. Of all the people that I have prosecuted and arrested, I've not saved a kid. I want to do it again. And it leads you into, you know, him getting down to Columbia and setting up this ridiculous sting operation in which, you know, they save a bunch of kids, they arrest a bunch of bad people. And, you know, the movie itself, I'm I'm not going to go too far or else I will end up spoiling the movie for those of you who have who have not seen it yet. But the movie was incredibly well done. Um while they definitely hinted at the stuff that was going to happen to these children in scenes, they obviously did not, you know, port, you know, portray any acts being done to these kids. There's some language. Yeah. So if you have, you know, youngers, you know, 
who maybe you're you want them to say see hey this goes on in the world this is why i am concerned about you being on the internet this is why i'm concerned about you know the people you talk to online it's good but you know, know your child i'll say that right now know your child's maturity level know if they will be able to handle some strong language And, you know, what is being depicted. But it's, like I said, it's well shot. Great cinematography. Jim Caviezel does a great job as Tim Boward. But really, I think the absolute standout actor in this movie is uh, played by Bill Camp. Bill Camp is a character actor. He's been in all kinds of stuff. Uh, The most recent thing that I can really point to is The Outsider on HBO, where uh, he plays a lawyer in that, that show. But in this, I think he absolutely sells his character in one scene where he has about a five-minute monologue. And, and you can find this on YouTube. You can find it on Facebook you, where it's been shared. It's like an extended preview where you see the operation that Tim has gone down there to start as a DHS agent has been called off. And suddenly, you know, Tim doesn't know what to do. He goes and he meets with uh, Bill Camp's character, uh, Vampiro. And Vampiro, he, he is a cartel guy. Well, he used to be a cartel guy. And, you know, he he went from being a drug runner and all this to... You know, he does, you know, black ops, basically, where he finds these kids who are being trafficked. And then he sneaks them to safe houses, and from safe houses, he gets them to, you know, back home. And he goes into this, like I said, five-minute monologue about how he got into the work that he's now doing. And I've probably watched this scene three or four times on YouTube and Facebook. And yeah, it's a powerful scene. But when you see it on the big screen and you can really see, you know, Bill Camp's eyes, Dude felt every word that he was saying to his core because I don't believe he was faking welling up with tears. Talking about how he realized this prostitute that he picked up 
was a 14-year-old girl. And describing the look in her eyes when he realized that he is the blackness in her life, people like him. I mean, like I said, it is a well-done movie. And just that five minutes of Bill Camp describing yep the doing the testimony of that character Sean Patrick Flannery should have an Oscar for his role as nefarious Bill Camp should have an Oscar for best supporting actor for that five minutes alone it was Absolutely heartbreaking to hear him give that testimony about what led him into this line of work of rescuing kids. But then at the end of the movie, uh, once it has played out, you know, it pops up. And it pops up a uh, a special little tag on the end of it uh, with Jim Caviezel talking about uh, uh, the way Angel Studios has gone gone out of the way to allow people to pre-buy tickets for others. Their goal was two million tickets, and they've exceeded that goal. You can pre-buy, you can go, and you can get free tickets. Hopefully, they're still available where someone has paid it forward. But it's just been absolutely amazing. And really, the big part of that message at the end is, you know, Angel Studios could have released the movie on streaming. Part of the reason why they really wanted to go into theaters is because if you're at home streaming, there's a pause button. And you can get distracted by other things going on in your life at the time. Pets, kids, phone calls. But seeing it in the movie theater, you are there. Unless you have to get up and go use the restroom... You're not getting up and walking out. You're not stopping it. And as hard as a movie as it is to watch, that's a good thing. You can sit and you can watch and you can look evil in the eye as long as you can stand it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you don't want to watch it in the movie theater, you know, for whatever reason, that's fine. When it comes out on streaming, when it comes out on DVD, Buy it, rent it, whatever, but please watch it. It is a very, very important movie. And that gets into, you know, really the... next part of what I was going to talk about. 
really the next part that I was wanting to get into is that you know, human trafficking isn't just some conspiracy theory. This is a real crime. It happens every day. It happens in your own backyard. Uh, this is coming from AAUW. I don't know what it stands for. But AAUW believes that global in- interdependence requires national and international policies against human trafficking and that promote peace, justice, human rights, sustainable development, and mutual security for all people. In the past decade, human trafficking has emerged as one of the fastest-growing criminal activities in the world. This modern-day form of slavery claims an estimated 24.9 million victims of all ages around the world and is a serious violation of human rights. And if you didn't know, at 24.9 million people sold into labor and sex slavery in the United States, or in the world, excuse me, that is more slaves than in all of human history. That is more slaves than the Ottoman Turks, than Arab conquerors, than Middle Eastern conquerors, than the entire Atlantic slave trade combined. So it is very, very real. Although some trafficking is global, human trafficking is largely a regional and local issue with 65% of trafficking happening domestically. Traffickers use violence, debt bondage, and other forms of coercion to manipulate victims into engaging in commercial sex acts, labor services, or other forms of exploitation against their will. Traffickers particularly target marginalized or vulnerable populations, including children, undocumented migrants, I don't know why they can't say illegal aliens, LGBTQIA2 plus people, Though awareness and concern around this industry have grown in recent years, human trafficking is consistently underreported due to its covert nature, low community awareness, lack of law enforcement, limited resources for victim recovery, and social blaming of victims. And that is huge. You know, uh, and a Twitter conversation I saw, sex work is work. Okay, well, what if the person performing sex work, that person who is a porn star, that person who is turning tricks out on the street, the stripper, what if these people are not doing it of their own free will? Is it work? No, it's slavery. Hell, when you have coyotes who bring illegal immigrants across the border and they saved up three, four thousand dollars to pay that coyote to get them across. And then that coyote turns around and suddenly says, Uh no, that was just a deposit. Now you need to pay me another three, four thousand dollars. And suddenly that person is being told, okay, well, you don't have that money? That's fine. 
go to this guy. This guy will get you a job. You can pay it off. And so now they're forced into a, you know, a labor market where they aren't getting paid hardly anything because what they make theoretically is going back to the coyote. Although in, in all actuality, what's going to the coyote is probably just a kickback for getting more labor into his buddy's place of business, whether it's a sweatshop, whether it's, you know, picking crops at a local farm, something. Or it's an individual woman or young man who suddenly finds themselves having to perform in an, in an adult club. Whether it's um, turning tricks, whether it's being used as a mule. Oh, you, you can't afford to pay this extra money? Okay, well, I'm friends with the cartel. Now you're just going to keep running back and forth bringing either more people or drugs across the border because you owe us money. It is slavery. And of that estimated 24 million victims of human trafficking, those people living in some sort of bondage, Half of them, roughly, are in the sex industry of, in some way, shape, or form. Sex trafficking is the recruitment, harboring, transportation, or soliciting of a person for commercial sex acts through force or other forms of coercion. As a growing global industry, sex trafficking occurs in a wide variety of venues, including residential brothels, online escort services, fraudulent massage businesses, strip clubs, and on the streets. Under federal law, any minor under the age of 18 who has engaged in commercial sex is a victim of sex trafficking, regardless of whether or not the trafficker used force, fraud, or coercion. The U.N. Office on Drugs and Crime reports that 50% of human trafficking victims were trafficked for sexual exploitation Globally. Similar to sex trafficking, labor trafficked victims are coerced. However, instead of being sexually exploited, victims are abused in a variety of labor settings, including farms, factories, and domestic work in homes. Trafficked victims in these industries often work long hours, receive little to no pay, but are forced to work by traffickers through debt bondage, violence, and other forms of coercion. Globally, 38% of all human trafficking victims were trafficked for forced labor, but the, more, the majority of trafficked men and boys are victims of labor trafficking. Human trafficking disproportionately affects women. Though human trafficking affects people across different backgrounds and in all areas of the world, women and girls are disproportionately impacted. Women and girls account for 71% of trafficking victims globally. 
and the majority are trafficked for sexual exploitation. 77% of trafficked women and 72% of trafficked girls are victims of sex trafficking. Resulting from a global tendency to devalue women, women who face social and legal discrimination, poverty, and other marginalization become more vulnerable to trafficking. Contrary to popular belief, human trafficking also occurs in the United States across all 50 states in Washington, D.C. The U.S. National Human Trafficking Hotline estimates there are hundreds of thousands of human trafficking victims in the United States. In 2019 alone, the National Human Trafficking Hotline fielded 11,500 cases of human trafficking in the U.S. involving over 22,000 victims and survivors. The National Human Trafficking Resource Center found that 41% of sex trafficking cases and 20% of labor trafficking cases reported in the United States from 2007 to 2012 identified U.S. citizens as victims. Of sex, traf- of sex trafficking cases reported in the U.S. in that same period, 85% of victims were women. In North America, generally, sex trafficking is the most common form of human trafficking, with 72% of all victims on the continent being trafficked for sexual exploitation. And surprisingly enough, the states with some of the highest illegal immigrant uh, populations, California, Texas, and Florida, are number one, two, and three, respectively, in human trafficking in the country. It's almost like those states that have this high population of easily marginalized people, uh, people who are afraid to go go to law enforcement because if they do, they open them, they put themselves up at risk of being deported back to where they came from or where they were, you know, trafficked from. I mean, they're, they're easy pickings. And it's possibly one of the most heartbreaking statistics here in the entire country that men and women in the United States, where we fought a civil war, 650 thousand Americans and that is combined from north and south died in bloody combat over slavery yet here today in America it still exists and we turn a blind eye to it granted there are some states that through decriminalizing prostitution. I remember when California did this several years ago, people were like, oh my gosh, it's going to be legal for child prostitutes. No. The intent of that bill was if it is someone who is underage, they would not be prosecuted for prostitution because if, They're under 18. The probability of them turning tricks of their own free will 
is pretty freaking low. So if they bring her in, get her off the streets, they do not prosecute her for the prostitution. Maybe they can catch the person who is actually forcing her to be out there. But at the same time, the same people who want to be the biggest advocates for, you know, open borders, who, well, we care about the illegal, the undocumented people more than the Republicans. Those same people by wanting to turn a blind eye to illegal immigration and have their sanctuary cities, their sanctuary states, hell, we're just not going to enforce it. U.S. US Customs and Border Patrol agents cutting state in place barbed wire fencing and holding it open for illegals to walk onto private property. When you have this happening, when you're not enforcing the laws, you are making it easier and easier and easier for all of this to occur. Because if there's no fear of getting caught, if the traffickers are not scared if they are not worried that bringing in these uh, hotel maids that are working for three, four dollars an hour who when they go back to whatever squalid apartment they're being kept in, they get locked in. And every week, 90% of that money that they bring in goes to whoever is holding them. We're going to allow that? We're going to sit here as a nation that holds itself up above all these others because not only did we end slavery... We fought a bloody war to do it, and then we're just going to let it continue happening because, yeah, well, it's not affecting me. I'm not hiring these people. I'm not, I'm not participating in the, the viewing and production of child pornography. I'm not buying prostitutes who don't speak a lick of English. I'm not getting mail-order brides. I'm not going to these massage parlors for a rub and tug. So it's, it's not my problem. I'm not fomenting this. No. You just turn a blind eye because it's easier than confronting something very, very bad.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One of the things that has to be the absolute most galling about all of this is some of the reviews that have come out on uh, Sound of Freedom. Rolling Stone, Washington Post, The Guardian. They... They look at the movie as being QAnon adjacent. Oh my gosh, it's Pizzagate. They're propagating Pizzagate. Oh, no. They are saying that, oh, this is all overblown. Like I said, while I don't trust NGOs, I was reading a report written by an NGO, that that's all they deal with. That's the advocacy they have. You know, The Guardian, the, the idiot who wrote that review, well, uh, we, we can't really confirm uh, uh, Tim Ballard's history with the Department of Homeland Security. So, really, he was lying about it? Why? Because he was a special agent? Maybe he was doing stuff that um, kind of sensitive and DHS won't confirm or deny it? You're going to come out and say that Tim Boward hasn't done all the rescues that he says he has in... You know, Colombia and Haiti, other places around the world, the celebrities that have volunteered over the years to help with some of these operations by posing as a uh, potential customer for acts against these kids, acts against these adult adults who are being trafficked. Tim Ballard has not been on a plethora of broadcasts, podcasts, on uh, news, on radio, 
talking about what he has been doing with Operation Underground Railroad. The State Department, as jacked up as the State Department is, they estimate that sex or that human trafficking is a $150 billion a year industry. But you're going to have these morons from these leftist media, I use that with air quotes, just downplaying it because uh, Tim Ballard, uh, he's a right winger, blah, blah, blah. He goes on these other places. Well, you know what? Maybe if, you know, Rachel Maddow, if George Stephanopoulos, Lawrence O'Donnell, any of these other left-wing people would have him on. But they won't. People talking about, oh, the only place I've ever seen him is on Tucker Carlson and Glenn Beck. Well, that's because those people care. Do you know how I know th- I do you know how I know they care? Because they put their own money into this. OUR helped with some of the logistics of the Afghan debacle, trying to get people out. They helped with the logistics of the aftercare. And that's a huge expense. When you have a woman or a child who has been trapped in this slavery for years and years, and they get rescued. You just don't go back home and say, oh, well, all is good now. There is therapy that has to be done. But, you know, you you have these people who want to bring up the crazy right-wingers. Don't get me wrong. Crazy right-wingers, crazy left-wingers, people who spread these ridiculous conspiracy theories, they do not help the situations at all. They They make it worse because no one wants to listen to the problem when, you know, it's the boy who cried wolf all the time. Getting ready to pull an article about the dumb people. This is uh, from Paul Sackett at The Blaze. Leftist media outlets attack Sound of Freedom movie, claim anti-tile trafficking film is QAnon fantasy for the conspiracy-addled boomer. Several leftist media outlets have slammed the new Sound of Freedom movie, claiming the anti-child trafficking film is a QAnon fantasy for the conspiracy-addled boomer. The official synopsis of Sound of Freedom, based on the incredible true story, shines a light on even the darkest places. 
After rescuing a young boy from ruthless child traffickers, a federal agent learns the boy's sister is still captive and decides to embark on a dangerous mission to save her. With time running out, he quits his job and journeys deep into the Colombian jungle, putting his life on the line to free her from the from a fate worse than death. Sound of Freedom was written by written and directed by Mexican director Alejandro Monteverde and produced by Mexican producer Eduardo Verastegui. The movie features the Passion of the Christ star Jim Caviezel and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Filming for Sound of Freedom ended in 2018 had a distribution deal with 20th Century Fox. However, when the movie was shelved after Walt Disney Company acquired 20th Century Fox, Disney released the rights to the movies and it was scooped up by Angel Studios. Despite the stunning success of the underdog movie tackling human trafficking that was written and directed by a Mexican director, liberal outlets trashed Sound of Freedom as simply a QAnon fantasy. Rolling Stone published an article with the title, Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. The subheadline reads, The QAnon 10's thriller about child trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. The author accused the movie of fomenting moral panic for years over this grossly exaggerated epidemic of child sex trafficking, much of it funneling people into conspiracist rabbit holes in QAnon communities. The author slammed Sound of Freedom for presenting a hackneyed white savior narrative. The author attempts to argue that there are worse social issues that should have higher priority than child trafficking. Yes, because, again, in a country that fought a bloody civil war to end slavery, that had to renegotiate treaties with Native Americans because they still had slaves well after the 13th Amendment was passed. Slavery is not that big of a deal in America and the rest of the world. Uh, there is visible suffering all around us in America. There are poor and unhoused, and people brutalized or killed by police, the Rolling Stone piece reads. There are mass shootings, lack of health care, climate disasters, and yet over and over the far right turns to these sordid fantasies about godless monsters hurting children. End quote. The Guardian featured a headline that reads, Sound of Freedom. The QAnon-adjacent thrower seducing America. The author claims that Sound of Freedom was funded by an unsavory network of astroturfed boosterism among the far-right friends. A constellation of paranoids now attempting to spin a cause celeb out of a movie with vaguely simpatico leanings. The author also says the movie oozes of the airdrum of perforating the eardrum perforating frequency of QAnon. Jezebel, a leftist website for women, ran with the headline, Sound of Trafficking, is an anti-child trafficking fantasy fit for QAnon. The article states, At last, QAnon's camp appeal gets the cinematic exploration it demands. The Jezebel writer admits that she was entertained in some way by the movie, but suggested the film is propaganda. Jezebel is owned by Geo Media, a leftist digital media company that recently started publishing error-filled articles written by artificial intelligent bots. The Washington Post noted that Caviezel has openly embraced QAnon ideas. The outlet confessed that Sound of Freedom 
doesn't depict anything close to QAnon conspiracy fantasies, but added, the film's villains are common criminals, not the shadowy cabal of occultists imagined by QAnoners. Gee, I wonder why that is. Are there some people who do some really bad things who have occult leanings? Yeah, probably. The number's not very high, I would imagine. I think it's probably around five. Because the people who engage in human trafficking aren't crazy aren't these crazy occultists. They are just what they said. Common criminals. They are kidnappers. They are pimps. They are abusers. They are drug addicts. They are cartels. They are drug dealers. They are, you know, factory workers who really don't care where you're fr- where the help came from, just as long as they don't have to pay them that much. And uh, they're here. The U.S. State Department states that 27.6 million people could be victims of human trafficking trafficking at any given time. This goes into a lot of the stats I was reading earlier. Um, but seriously, if venues like the Rolling Stone, like Jezebel, like the Washington Post, like the Guardian can ignore, and the Guardian, while it is a British paper, it was an American author who lives in Brooklyn. If they can ignore actual statistics from a State Department they absolutely love, and this come out and say this movie was garbage and you know not worth the time, what are they going to do when they see that child prostitute on the street? They're going to ignore her. They're going to ignore the victims of sex slavery, of labor slavery. Because it's not sexy. It's not alarmist enough. Oh, the world's going to end in 10 years if we don't turn the climate back. That brings a lot of money in. I mean, Al freaking Gore is the first climate billionaire in the world selling his carbon offsets that really don't do anything other than, you know, take my money. It makes me feel better about my private jet. These people would rather children and women be victims of sex trafficking, then admit that it's policies that that they love that allow it to keep happening, that make it so easy. But hey, hey, it's not visible, so we don't have to worry about it. 
climate change is not visible, but we worry about it every freaking day. Well, I say we, you worry about it every day. There's an article that come out. The earth is now hotter at its hottest point than it has been in 150,000 years. Well, we've only been keeping records on the earth's temperature for like 150. So do me a favor and shut up about that. There's a reason why on my birthday, if I'm going to be on Facebook and picking a charity for people to donate to, one of the ones I pick is OUR. Because when I went into active duty military, It was a religious calling. I was in a bad place. Financially, we were wreck. Just a total, a total wreck. I didn't know how I was going to provide for my own family. And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed. And one morning, driving a trash truck through the backwoods of Missouri, I heard a very still, very small voice quite clearly say, be a defender of man. And I had instant clarity what I needed to do. And I went from being a National Guardsman to serving active duty. So if I have the ability to do anything to raise money for OUR and continue that calling to be a defender of man, I am proud to do it. So I guess if I'm going to end with anything tonight, it's going to be please. Check out OUR, Operation Underground Railroad. If you can donate to them, please, by all means. If you can make a large donation, make a large donation. If you're like me and you can afford 20 bucks, that's $20 more that they have to work with. Give what you can and God will work it in extraordinary ways. He will multiply that gift. So, this has been a very difficult episode to record. That movie left me shook. If you are a grown man, you will have moments where you are finding yourself like Jim Caviezel, like Bill Camp. Genuine tears welled up in your eyes, maybe running down your face. And please watch it. 
please donate to OUR and help them with their mission to be a modern-day abolitionist. All right, that's going to wrap up the show for this week. Um, I know, like I said, usually it's live. Usually there's video on YouTube or Rumble. I'll at least have the audio posted to YouTube. You can check it out there. But again, thank you so very much for listening. After a, uh, like I said, if you're new to you, check out on YouTube or Rumble. Please, again, search The Tyler Morgan Show. You will find it. Please subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. If you're a podcast listener checking this out for the first time, I ask the same four things every week. Number one, please hit that subscribe or follow button, such as uh, Apple Podcast uses. Once you've done that, please rate this show. I will accept five stars. That's really what I want, five stars. I will accept four, three and below. Oh, we need to have a talk. Hit me up on Twitter, at fake Tyler Morgan there, and my DMs are open. You'd be like, hey, here's why I thought that it was only worth one, two, or three stars. Call me conspiracy theorist. I don't care. It's all good. Everything that helps make the show good, I will accept. Even if it's uh, you know, kind of from, coming from a negative standpoint, maybe I can make myself better. That's awesome. Anyways, uh, once you have rated it, please review the show. Say something nice. Kind of, you know, puff it up a little bit. Don't get carried away. I don't over-exaggerate. Keep in mind if you write a horrible, horrible negative review and you say mean things and they're not particularly particularly snarky. I will probably be reading those on the air. I'm not asking you to give me a bad review to get read on the air. I'm just telling you, if you call me a wannabe Alex Jones, like the other guy did, I will make sure that, uh, you, you, you get your, uh, your time in the time, in the limelight. Just saying. Anyways, once you have, subscribed, rated, reviewed, please share this episode. Send it to someone who you think will like it. This episode, particularly, yeah, they might not like it, but please, please, please share this. I will be sharing this episode on all my socials because it is a huge, huge thing. So, again, thank you so very much. Uh, if you want to support the page you know, financially, yeah, you can go to RelentlessDaring.com. Uh, I have a couple donation links there you can use. PayPal, you can use uh, uh, coffee. There's links to both of them. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash Tyler Morgan Show. Sign up there. You'll get ad-free episodes. Granted, you'll have the uh, the ones that are embedded because, you know, live reads and stuff that I'm not getting paid for. Uh, you'll still have those, but you won't get the annoying uh, the annoying ones that ACAST puts in at the beginning, middle, and possibly the end. But, you know, ad-free is good. You get early access to interviews. I'm trying to trying to get a hold of Tim Ballard and through OUR and be able to do an interview with him. Really look forward to hopefully that one happens. I don't know if it will. But, hey, I'm trying. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. And, as always, stay relentless. 
The Tyler Morgan Show is a relentless, daring media production. The Tyler Morgan Show is supported by its listeners. To support the show, go to ko-fi.com slash Show to donate there or relentlessdaring.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page to set up your donation. All music used in the Tyler Morgan Show is used with permission from purpleplanet.com. Link in the show notes. 2 Timothy 1.7